appreciate the good singing this morning. Thankful to see each and every one of you here today. <clears throat> appreciate, uh, uh, I know we've been meeting a little bit earlier, but I appreciate the good, cool mornings that yeah. God's Amen. allowed us to have the last few weeks. We, uh, we appreciate that. We are <clears throat> always excited uh, to come to the house of God. Uh, whether it's inside or out, we're just excited to be here and thankful for the opportunity to be here. Uh, if you had your Bibles this morning, if you would turn with us to Genesis chapter number 39. Genesis chapter number 39. We're going to uh, read a few verses here about Joseph this morning while you're turning in your Bible. Um, <clears throat> we see here where Joseph, uh, a great patriarch uh, of the nation of Israel, um, but he was forsaken of his brothers uh, and abandoned. And I just want to talk about where we, uh, where Joseph has gotten to to this very point and stage in his life. So J Jacob, or excuse me, Joseph was uh, 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 forsaken of his brothers. He was abandoned. He was uh, sold into slavery, and ultimately they uh, wanted him to be uh, executed. They wanted to kill him. That was the primary target. Uh, but we see where God's hand was with Joseph in every facet of his life. And as uh, Joseph was sold into uh, to slavery, God prospered his hand, even in the midst of the slavery, uh, and he began to escalate him through uh, the land of Egypt under the hand of King Pharaoh. And we get to a place here uh, where we see that uh, uh, as Joseph has risen uh, in his place of authority, uh, he... Uh, yet once again is uh, serving under under King Pharaoh, but he has executive authority in the midst of the land. And he is serving now a man whose name is Potiphar. We find in verse number, or in chapter number 39, we get to the place where Joseph has uh, uh, worked his way out of slavery, He's worked, uh, and he's serving uh, at God's bidding. And now he's serving under the hand of, of, uh, of, uh, of Potiphar. And the Bible, we're going to pick up uh, now in verse number 18, uh, but we see here where <coughs> when Joseph is serving under the hand of Potiphar, that Potiphar's wife, Potiphar's wife takes pleasure in Joseph. And this is important. Uh, Potiphar's wife takes pleasure in in Joseph, and she wants to lie with Joseph, but Joseph uh, will not yield himself. And so then we pick back up in verse number 18, and that'll save us a lot of reading by that short explanation. I'd encourage you to go home and read uh, for yourself. But in verse number 18, the scripture reads, And it came to pass, as I lifted up my voice and cried, that he left his garment with me and fled out, and it came to pass, when his masters heard the words of his wife, that's uh, talking about uh, the masters of Potiphar when they heard Potiphar's wife. It says, which she spake unto them, saying, After this manner did, the, did thy servant unto me, that, the, uh, that his wrath was kindled. And Joseph's master took him, that being Potiphar, Joseph's master, uh, and put him in prison and placed him uh, where the king's prisoners were bound. And he was there in the prison. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. 
And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners that were in the prison. And whatsoever they did there, he was the doer of it. The keeper of the prison uh, looked not to anything that was under his hand because the Lord was with him. And that which he did, the Lord made it to prosper. And, and we'll, that'd be all that we would read in your hearing this morning. Uh, and I know that's probably peculiar and unfamiliar scripture that we read to you this morning. But we want to talk about, uh, listen, and we've been leading up to this. And I believe, and, and I've been trying my best with God's help uh, to address this. But I believe that there uh, is a sense of uh, negativity like I've never seen and division like I've never seen, especially amongst God's people. Uh, friends, listen, we... Uh, we, we argue about everything, and listen, there's not one thing in particular specifically that we do or we don't argue about, and I'm not here to talk about what we argue about. But what I am here to tell you, friends, is this, that, uh, listen, in the midst of our division, we must, we must uh, understand and we must remember that God has an objective and God has a plan for His bride. Uh, now, who is the bride? Uh, friends, listen, I want to say this. Those that believe by faith through grace uh, have been imputed righteousness of Christ. Uh, listen, I'm not talking about those that have turned over a new leaf, but I'm talking about those that have a new life. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5 and 17, the Bible tells us, uh, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, all things are passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Wow. I'm talking about creatures, individuals that are new in the Lord Jesus Christ. Those are considered uh, uh, to be the bride of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. But now, friends, listen, I want us to understand. The Bible tells us that common grace is upon all. It says, uh, listen, He giveth His Son and His reign upon the just and the unjust. Wow. A lot of people today, they come to the opposition and the, where their opposition lies within the churches. They say, why uh, do bad things happen uh, to good people? Bad things have been happening to good people since the beginning of time. Yeah. Uh, friends, listen, uh, and I'm here to tell you, nothing is here to change. Yeah. Uh, friends, listen, we are living uh, in a trying time uh, politically. And listen, we understand that we see today uh, the left is far uh, from the middle. The right is far from the middle. Uh, friends, listen, I'm going to tell you something. You may well say, well, Whoa, wait, preacher. What are you talking about? Friends, listen. Listen, we lived into a time because one side said it, the other side said it's wrong. And this side said it, and the other side said it's wrong. Friends, listen. I was told as a young boy, there's three sides to every story. Their side, this side, and the truth. Amen? Friends, listen. I'm telling you something. Listen, Christ is in the middle. And we, the church, friends, we need not forget in this prison in which we are living yeah. that there is truth there is justice there is mercy uh, friends listen uh, we may say uh, uh, friends listen the church uh, uh, listen and it's been indoctrinated into us for years and years and years uh, uh, listen that the church uh, will never suffer wrath uh, uh, friends listen uh, and, and I'll even go ahead and concede and say this uh, uh, listen I agree with that the church will not suffer wrath. Uh, but friends, listen, we have Americanized uh, and politicized uh, uh, the word wrath. Amen. Uh, uh, listen, wrath in 
the Bible that God says He will deliver His church from is not worldly wrath. It is judgmental wrath. Amen. Hey, listen. The born-again believer will never face wrath. The born-again believer cannot even think of going to hell. But friends, today, listen. The trials, troubles, and tribulations, listen, that will be presented to us. Listen to me. I'm preaching a message that's a challenge to the church this morning. Where will we align? Where will we take our place? Where will we stand? Paul said to us as he wrote to us from a prison cell. Listen, in Ephesians chapter number 6, listen, Paul wrote, he said, listen, he said, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of wickedness and against spiritual wickedness and darkness in high places. He said, wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand, and having done all, to just stand. Amen. Listen, he said, stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth. Listen, and having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace above all the shield of faith wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and the helmet of salvation and the word of God which is the sword of the Spirit. Friends, and they listen. We need to understand this morning. Listen, that they are trying days ahead. Listen, we need to understand. This is what I tried to preach on last week. Friends, listen. Hey, we are headed towards something. Amen. We are moving towards something. The church needs to quit avoiding what we're moving and pressing toward. Amen. Friends, listen, that's why, listen, we can become discouraged. We can quit. We can lay down. We can subside. We can let our emotions and our anger flare and show. Listen to me. We can realize our place when we stand. Just like Paul did. Listen, he said, I've learned in whatsoever state I'm in, therefore, therewith to be content. Brother Wayne, and he wrote those things from a prison cell. Listen, as he saw dimly through his eyes because he was blind from being stoned, lame upon his feet, because he wouldn't squelch and he wouldn't silence his preaching. President, listen, hey, I'm glad that there is a promise, a hope, a blessing in the future for the children of God. Hey, listen, hey, do not be discouraged. Hey, friends, listen, I want the church to hear me this morning. Listen, we're headed towards something. Amen. We are headed towards something. I'm no prophet, no prophet's son. Friends, listen, we've lived into a time. Listen, where there is no right, no wrong. Marrying and giving in marriage as it was in the days of Noah is what the Bible tells us. In the, in the book of Matthew, listen, there's 
no sanctity of the womb. Listen, friends, we are killing and murdering unborn babies by the millions. Friends, listen, we're arguing over the point and the stage and age of conception. Listen to me. We've delved into the realm of God. We need to understand, friends, where we are. Listen, friends, a lot of people say as we see. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. I believe this in my spirit and in my heart. Friends, listen. I believe that there's something headed for this country that will transpire. Listen, when we go to the election and we go to the voting, I'm not here to preach on Democrat and Republican. Amen. Listen, I love a church sign I said one time, or I seen one time that said, it's time that we quit depending on the elephant and the donkey. And it's time to look to the lamb. I translation. Hey, but I'm telling you something. As we see a swing and a shift, listen, fundamentally in the intellect and the heart and the spirit of our country and our nation, friends, we are headed towards something. Friends, listen. But you know where I draw strength from this? Listen, there's so many people in the church that they are scared to death of what we will present it, be presented with. But friends, listen, that's what Abraham gave And I'll get to Joseph in just a minute. That's what Abraham gave us the promise of. Listen, he said, he said, I'm just a stranger. I'm just a stranger and a pilgrim passing through a strange land. Hey, looking for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Friends, listen, we need to understand the present reality that is before us. What's before us, preacher? Friends, listen, as we, the Bible tells us this, he said, Jesus told us this, he said, and iniquity shall abound because the love of many shall wax cold. Friends, listen to me. I'm telling you something. We lived into this stage and stayed in time. Now's not the time to be like, getting mad at one another. Now's the time. You know, Dr. Adrian Rogers said this one time. He said, you know what's wrong with our American churches today? Listen, he pastored Bellevue Baptist Church in Memphis, Tennessee. My friends, listen, they had an average weekly attendance of over 10,000 members. And he looked them dead square in the eye. And he said, you know what's wrong with Bellevue Baptist Church? He said, you know what's wrong? with the church of the United States of America. Listen, he said 80% of the people that attend are lost. Amen. We say, how did we get here? How did we get here? Well, I'll tell you how we got here. We put the ungodly in place of authority. Yeah. Preacher, are you talking about me? Listen, if you don't if you don't fit the category, then don't put the don't pick it up. Don't don't even throw it at you. You should be agreeing with me, friends. Listen, this is why we are where we are. Listen, Joseph, listen, which is a, uh, he was a represent. He was a symbolic of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, that we can even oppress uh, uh, that symbolism even further and say this is the attitude in the state of the church. This is the church, friends. Listen to me. We are living in a world that is not our home. Amen. 
Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter number 15, he said, listen, he said, if I had hope in this world only, I would be of all men most miserable. Friends, listen, we are strangers. We are pilgrims. This is not our home. This is not our hope. Friends, listen to me. I thank God for the United States of America. Amen. I I thank God, uh, listen, and I appreciate and praise and thank every man or woman who has faithfully served this nation. I thank every one of them that has laid their lives down. Listen, that we could be afforded the liberties and the freedom to assemble ourselves here and gather together and freely worship. Friends, listen to me. Now listen, we're getting into days and times where we see, listen, we see government overreaching. There is no separation of church and state anymore. The only separation of church and state is when the state don't want the church. Amen. Friends, Listen, that's the day that we're lived into. But it's the same day that Joseph lived in as well. Listen, hey, friends, I'm here to tell you that they will come persecution. They will forsake you. They will leave you, friends. Listen, they will even lie about you. Friends, listen, I'm going to tell you something. You know, when they brought Jesus before Pilate, And they executed judgment upon him. Friends, listen, there's a lot of people who say, well, they, they found no uh, breach in Jesus against the ceremonial or the, the Levitical law. But you've got to understand, Pilate didn't care anything about the Levitical law. He cared about the Roman law. And you know what Pilate said? I found no fault yeah. in him. Yeah. Hey, friends, listen, this may be hard to comprehend and understand, and we may not want to hear it. Listen, and I understand that. Friends, listen, but this is what I've been teaching through in Romans 13 and 14 when we, listen, should tip our hat. Listen, and we should be in the terms of civility in the days and time which we live in. Hey, that's why Jesus said, render unto Caesar what is Caesar's. Friends, listen, there's a lot of people, they have this perception in their mind, listen, hey, that I'm not going to be a puppet and I'm not going to be handed over. I'm not telling you to do those things. Friends, listen, listen, for the prophet of the gospel, the prophet of the gospel, Paul said, to the Jew, I am a Jew. To the Gentile, I am a Gentile. To the barbarian, I am a barbarian. He said, I am all things to all people that by all means I might reach some. Amen. Uh, Friends, listen, I'm telling you something. Uh, We need to recenter our focus and understand where we are headed, where the church is headed. Uh, Friends, listen to me. 
Uh, you, you may say, well, preacher, you know, listen, I'm going to tell you something. The Bible tells us in the days of the great tribulation, the Bible tells us, it said those days shall be shortened for the elect's sake. Now, friends, listen, I don't know how long we're going to have to go through some of this stuff. But, friends, listen, what I do know, what I do understand, and what's not shaking my faith is the fact that I know that he will watch over us. He will keep us. The Lord will prosper us. Amen, friends. Listen, you may say, well, preacher, I'm having a tough time financially, economically. My job is burdened. I don't have any work. I can't make my bills. Friends, listen to me. Hey, I'm telling you something today. I'm not sitting here professing prosperity monetarily, but I am telling you, friends, listen, that God will prosper you in the things in which you need if we faithfully serve. Friends, listen. Joseph, there's, there's, a, there's an important part of this. Joseph stood his ground. If you go back and you read the preceding verses of this, this wasn't just one encounter. Potiphar's life, you, you listen to me here this morning. There's a lot of people drawing up in your seats because of what I'm talking about. Amen. That's why I, I want it for just a minute because I need you to hear me. Good friend of mine one time, he said, I don't care how ugly you are, there's somebody in this world that will look over your ugliness. Amen. There is temptation before us. The Bible tells us in uh, Hebrews chapter number 12. It says, Wherefore, seeing we are compassed about by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. First Corinthians, the Bible tells us there's no temptation taking you, but such is common to man. But he said, But God will with the temptation make a way of escape. What are you talking about, preacher? What are you driving to? Joseph was, listen, Potiphar's wife came to Joseph on multiple occasions. She presented herself on multiple occasions. Friends, listen to me. I'm here to tell you this morning the temptations and the drawing and the lust and the wooings, they are not going to stop. But there comes a place and point in time where you've got to take a stand. The church has got to come to the reality that it's time for us to stand. Stand collectively. Unified. As one body. Undivided. Uncoerced. Standing in love. Friends, listen and the Bible tells us here, now listen, this is the, what I started to read to you in verse number 18, was the last pass by Potiphar's wife. And friends, listen, the Bible tells us when Potiphar's wife came out I, and she had some physical evidence, listen, it did not matter because of her place of authority, it didn't matter what Joseph said. Only thing that mattered was what she said. 
You see, that's where the church is postured right now. The world has the garment in their hand. And we are scared to death of what's fixing to happen. They say, well, preacher, I don't believe that, but I'm just telling you. That's the attitude of the church right now, friends. Listen, we need to get people saved expeditiously, as fast as humanly possible. We need to be communicating His gospel, preaching and teaching, going to the highways and the hedges, and compelling them to come in that His house may be filled. We need to fervently pursue the gospel for the kingdom's sake. Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, a place where the king's prisoners was bound, and he was there in the prison. But the Lord was with Joseph. Church, you need not forget, in every circumstance wherein we serve, <coughs> faithfully, At His bidding and at His command, God is with us. Church, don't be discouraged. Friends, listen. Jesus told them, and I love this verse, I love this passage of Scripture, that the concerned disciples came to Jesus and said they're going to kill us. Can you not see the times? And Jesus said, when you see these things, He said, look up for your redemption draweth nigh. Peter came to Jesus. Or Jesus came to Peter. The Bible says after he had stood by the seashore, by the Sea of Tiberias, much like I'm standing on the front porch of the steps, Jesus met them where they were. And when when he fed them, they followed him. And when they preached to him, he left. Many of them went away. I can see in my mind's eye at the sunset of a day by a campfire and some fish roasting over the top of a flame. Jesus looks across the fire into Peter's eyes and said, Peter, who do men say that I am? Peter said, well, Lord, some say that thou art Elias, Isaiah, or one of the other prophets. Jesus through the beam and through the squint and the flare and the flicker of the fire, he said, Peter, who do you say that I am? And a declaration was made that night, and he said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Friends, listen to me. Listen, the Bible says that Jesus began to converse with Peter. He said, Blessed art thou, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood hath not revealed this unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. He said, Thou shalt 
no longer be called Peter, but thou shalt be called Cephas, which is to be interpreted as stone. And he said, Upon this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Friends, listen to me. I understand that we are living in this world, a low land of sin and sorrow. I am, listen, respectfully aware of the times and circumstances in which we are living. But I'm glad that we had a Savior who hung on Golgotha's tree at a place called Calvary. And he grabbed God by one hand and he grabbed man by another and he declared, Telestai, which is to be interpreted, paid in full. Friends, listen to me this morning. Hey, there's, listen, more than humanity was bought back on Calvary's tree that morning. More than humanity. It wasn't just, he didn't just die for sin. He didn't just die for humanity. He died to redeem and ransom back every single thing that had ever been created. When he got done, when he completed the creation, he looked around, Brother Wayne, and what he had saw, and he said, it is good. It is good. And boy, I'm looking forward to the day. Amen. I'm looking forward to the day when the bride comes in to consummate with the husband and we sit down at the great wedding supper together with our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And John... And John said, and he said, I looked into the heavens, and he said, I've seen a new earth and a new heaven prepared as a bride adorned for a husband coming down from God out of heaven. He said, I saw the new Jerusalem, and I saw the new city. Friends, listen to me. Hey, listen, that's why I'm telling you. He's ransomed and redeemed not only humanity, but the creation. And His intention and His, not only His intentions, what will happen is what once was, will be again. I love Brother Larry Foster. He'd gone home to be with Jesus. He was helping me revival one time and I, he said a lot of things I'll never forget, but he said this one night. This was his text. He said it started in a garden, but it's going to end in a sea. Amen. Boy, I'm glad. Boy, I'm glad. I'm thankful I you, kid. I'm glad that, listen to me, the Bible tells us, as Paul said, he said, I now see through a glass darkly, but one day I shall see face to face. We'll understand what Isaiah was talking about when it means to see the lion laying down with the lamb. 
will understand what it means to be in a place where there is no sin, where there is no temptation, where there is no death, where there is no sorrow, sickness, there is no cancer, there is no Alzheimer's. COVID is a thing of the past. Uh, friends, uh, influenza, pneumonia, uh, listen, MS, all these things that physically debilitate us, uh, uh, listen, and paralyze us, uh, take our intellect, take our will, take our desire, take our strength. Hey, I'm glad that He will, listen, because He has redeemed it, He will restore it. Preacher Doug Collins, I don't know if y'all know him or not. Many years ago, he preached a message about a junk pile this side of him. Amen. Aren't you glad, friends, listen to me, there's going to be no walkers, no glasses, no shoes. There'll be no more chemotherapy. There'll be none of these things that falter and frail this feeble body. Because, listen, that's what he was telling us in 1 Corinthians 15. Uh, listen, I'm not really sorry I'm preaching this long, but I tell you, I can preach all day. Amen. I don't know if you like it, but I do. In 1 Corinthians 15, Paul tells us, and he tells us, uh, listen, a factual actual reality of the church. He said, this no, brethren, flesh and blood shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. He said, at the, at the moment in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, the trump shall sound and we shall be changed. Hey, friends, listen. A lot of people may not believe like I believe, and that's fine. Friends, you know why? Because I believe the Bible and you may not. And I understand that's the point of contention. That's the world and time which we live in. But friends, listen to me. I'm glad that I'm going to live in a redeemed heaven, in a redeemed earth, in a redeemed body with my Redeemer Jesus. Amen. I transition. There is coming a place and point in time for each and every one of us. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. We live in a place and point in time. This is the importance and the necessity of preaching today. Your conscience will convict you of your immorality. The courtroom will convict you of your crime. But the Holy Spirit is the only thing that can convict and convince you of your sin. That's why I'm begging the church don't get lost in the fact that we are in prison. Understand the opportunity before us of the prisoners. Amen. That's what Joseph did. He? he didn't whine about You see, Joseph didn't whine about being in prison. Now, listen, we don't have it recorded where he made his pleas to Pharaoh. He said, Potiphar's wife's lying. Potiphar's lying. The servants are lying. He just went to prison. And he accepted where he was. And before long, he was head of the prisoners. 
You see, we can spend a lifetime complaining about where we're at. Or we can spend a lifetime affecting the people around us where we are. There's a vast difference. I know a lot of people listen. They, they expend all of their energy complaining about where they are. Instead of rejoicing and sharing the good news. Can you imagine Joseph in the prison? Why well, I tell you, I could preach all day. Can you imagine Joseph in the prison? When he walked up to the prisoners and he said, let me tell you about my daddy. He gave me a coat of many colors. He said, listen, that's why I love the verse in Zechariah. I've got a million things running through my heart and mind. Now listen, that's why he said in the book of Zechariah, listen, all these things I suffered in the house of my friends. Yeah. Joseph lived it. Yeah. Right. Amen. Yeah. Listen, and he come out the prison on the other side, and there was a Bible that says the butler had a dream, and he interpreted the dream. Pharaoh had a dream, and he interpreted the dream. And before you know it, not because he complained about being in prison, but because he served while he was in prison, he found himself at the king's right hand. The Bible tells us that there was a sore famine in the land. Friends, listen to me. It doesn't pay in this world. Church, listen to me. Church, it does not pay to hold a grudge. There was a famine, an awful famine. Well, let me tell you this before that. While Joseph was serving at Pharaoh's hand, listen, God gave Joseph seven years of plenty. And he didn't squander it. Church, I hope, listen to me, we can all sit here and talk and think about 20 and 30 and 40 and 50 and 60 years ago yeah. when I would say probably the golden ages yeah. of the American gospel church. Yeah. Plenty, plenty, flowing with rivers yeah. of milk and honey. God was prospering, God was saving, God was delivering. Church friends, listen to me. We've entered into a time and a dearth in the land. There is a famine among us, not of the preaching of the word, but of the hearing of the word. And Joseph took all that God blessed and he laid it away. And he started, and he kept it, he watched over it, and he tended to it. Because he knew that there was coming a time when there wouldn't be anything to eat. <clears throat> Friends, listen. What have we done in the days of plenty? Have we laid, listen to me, I'm going to tell you something, Friends. Well, I appreciate the touch of the Holy Ghost this morning. Well, I'm telling you something, friends. Listen, I'm glad, friends. Listen, what have we done with the days of plenty? In the book of Revelation, we read about in one place where the Bible said 
that, that the vows of the saints would be poured out. When will those vows be poured out? When we have nothing ourselves. Well, I'm glad for my grandparents, my parents, those that I never got to meet, amen, who prayed and, and, and laid vows of prayers. I thank God for every person that has ever uttered a prayer for me, my wife, my children, my grandchildren, my great-grandchildren, and those I'll never know. I'm glad. Friends, listen, it is up to us now to make sure that provisions are laid back in store. Everybody wants to know, you know, everybody says this, right? In the middle of the summer, why in the world did I plant such a big garden? <laughs> Amen. About the end of May and June, we're sitting there praying for rain. As we get our seed in the ground, we say, God, we need some water. God, we need you to prosper. God, we need your help. Amen. God sends the water. God sends the sun. God prospers the seed. I listen, we get to about the end of July. I listen, and the crops start falling in. The beans are coming in. Now, the cucumbers are hanging heavy on the vines. We can't get all the tomatoes in. The corn. I listen, we say, why in the world, oh God, did we plant such a big bug garden? I friends, listen to me. Hey, we we complain. I listen, we complain when we don't have it. We complain when we do. Amen. I friends, listen. I'm telling you something. The best thing we can do. And say, God, thank you for providing. I'm going to lay it back for a rainy day. I preached on Mandy's blueberry pie last Sunday. We put some in the freezer here. You know why? Because about December, when it's 20 degrees outside and the grass I listen, it's browned over and the earth is crusted over. I listen, you can't break through it with a pickaxe and all the blueberry bushes. I listen, have died back and hid themselves from the elements. I'm glad that we can go to where we've stored back. I listen, that we can bring it out to have provision when we need it. My friends, listen, that's what we need to faithfully adhere. Listen. Be thankful in times of plenty. I'd be thankful in times of plenty. I'm begging you because the day is coming when we're going to have to expose what we've laid back. Yeah. And I'll get on with this and be done. But now listen, the Bible tells us Joseph came to a place and all the days of plenty he had laid back and he laid back and he laid back and there was a famine fit in, uh, hit in Egypt. But because Joseph had laid back there was still corn in Egypt. But in Canaan, there was nothing where his brothers were. I'll never forget preacher Jack Pierce. I've never, I listen, in all my days, in all the preaching I've ever heard in my life, Jack Pierce loaded the wagon one day, and I got on the wagon with him. Amen. I could feel the bumps in the road. And they got on that empty grain cart. 
from Canaan and made their way to Egypt. There wasn't nothing in the cart. Just bouncing left and right and banging up and down. I, I listened and Joseph could hear them coming. Friends, listen to me. It pays and it serves us, does us no good to hold a grudge. Those that ostracize, make fun, cast us away. I've been there. I don't know if you have. Friends, listen to me. I've had many of them walk away, leave me and forsake me. But when days and time of trouble come, they want to talk to the preacher. Amen. Don't want to have anything to do with you when everything's good. But when mother's in the hospital and the glory train's coming, Call the preacher. <laughs> and Joseph saw his brothers yeah. and he hid himself from their presence. He never showed them who he was. Yeah. Yeah. He said, how's your daddy doing? <laughs> he didn't say, how's my daddy? He said, how's your daddy yeah. doing? And for his daddy's sake, he loaded down that empty grain cart. And they eased all the way back into Canaan. And he told them, he said, now listen, I'm not going to give you no more corn until you bring your daddy back with you. You see, friends, listen to me. We can be lost in the fact and the state and stage of where we're at. Or we can focus on what good we can do while we have time to accomplish it. God prospered their hand. And listen, I'm just going to read this to you. I, I, I will. I, I'll preach all day. Amen. In Revelation chapter number 17, I'm going to read this and I'll be done. The Bible tells us in Revelation 17, And there came one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials, and talked with me, saying, Unto me, come hither, and I will show thee the judgment of the great whore that sitteth upon the many waters, with whom the king of the earth hath committed fornication, uh, and the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of her fornication. So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness, and I saw a woman sit upon a scarlet colored beast, full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. And the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet color, and decked with gold and precious stones, and the pearls having a golden cup in her hand, full of, full of abominations and filthiness, of her fornications. And upon her forehead was a name written, Mystery Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and the abominations of the earth. And I saw the woman drunken with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I wondered with great admiration. Friends, listen to me. There is an apostate, false bride that lives in this present world with us. She's deceiving, she is consuming, and she is carrying people by the truckloads into hell because they're too concerned about where they are versus what they can do. Joseph reached a point. He 
said, I'm going to make the best of what I have with what I have. Paul reached a point, he said, I'm going to do the best I can with what I have. John said, I'm not quitting. They'll have to kill me. And he wrote the revelation on the Isle of Patmos. Peter, James, Philip, they all considered the cost and said it's worth the pay. Will you sell out? Will you walk away? Will you be so consumed with where we are that you forget to work while we're here? There's a lost world that needs to hear about Jesus. They need to be saved, and they need to be saved now. It's up to you and I. It's up to the church. Be encouraged this morning. Please, I beg you, be encouraged. You may say, well, preacher, I don't want to have anything to do with you, and I'm mad at you right now. Well, don't say anything to me right now. Just think about it in a couple of days. And if you're still mad, then you can talk to me. You know, that's what they teach us to do at work. They say, listen, anytime that you have confrontation, you get into and you find your emotions running, they said, go back, write an email, and don't send it. Wait two days. And if you still want to send it, then it's right. Listen, I've not sent one yet. I'm glad that I have. You see, friends, listen, God can use us if we stop focusing on our circumstances and start working while we're here. God bless you this morning. Brother Kip, if you would, come on out and just sing a verse for imitation. As far as I know, we'll be done with the service this morning.